0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. This is a Vancouver-based soccer podcast. It's a, a Vancouver soccer show that is not getting rid of its, its on-air talent. If you can call it talent. I, th- I think... We're pushing pushing the boundaries of that trademark. I have tried to, to get rid of you, but you keep coming back. Uh
1: it's hard to get rid of me.
0: I was hoping to replace you with Jodie Vance. Ooh. I I had a dream that I was doing things with her. And I think it was a podcast, but let's just maybe move on from that. You know what? I wouldn't even step in your way if
1: you could get Jodie Vance in the in the lineup.
0: Good. You'd you'd be removed as fast as possible. Excellent. So I'm your host, Michael McCall.
1: And I'm Steve Pander.
0: And tonight we're gonna party like it's nineteen seventy-four. Because we're recording this live from BC Place after watching two teams that were playing out there. One with since 1974 in their shirts, one with established 1974 in their shirts. And it was the since boys, the Vancouver Whitecaps, that had the 2-0 victory. What did you think of the game,
1: Steve? Uh, I thought it was kind of a tale of two halves. Uh, first half was very tight. didn't look like anybody was going to be scoring in, anytime soon. Um, second half kind of opened up a little bit more. And it really opened up uh, with that first goal. Uh, once that goal was scored by uh, Camilo, it, both teams were going back and forth. It turned out to be a really entertaining end of the game. Now, just looking at the stats here,
0: and in the first half, I was really surprised by this. The Whitecaps had fifty-seven point four percent of the
1: possession. It felt a much more even game than that. Um, I felt like the Whitecaps, when the the possession they had was more uh, in the you know the middle third. Um, they didn't really push the ball forward as much, and when they did, it it, it didn't really come to much. Um, I think they only had a couple of chances in the in that first half, especially early. Kenny Miller's header from the Camila free kick that f- just went over oh, the bar. Yeah, that would have been a fantastic goal. And uh, it was similar to what Jordan Harvey did uh, in a way—the the flick back. But
0: obviously, Miller meant to do that one. Um, yeah, f- actually, from my viewpoint, when it when it was first headed on, I actually thought it was Harvey that had headed it.
1: Oh. And then uh, the only other chance was uh, a shot by Miller that was easily grabbed by Bush. But other than that, they really had nothing chance. It was Usted that actually came up with a big save for them in the first half. That yeah, was a that, big that, that
0: shot, I'm not quite sure how it even got through Leveron. So, I mean, Usted must have seen it late. But got down well. Then he had that huge save in the second half from Goodson, where he, he acrobatically tipped it away, and it looked, you could have put your money on Wondolowski, getting in, Goal gaping, putting it in the back of the net.
1: It looked like an easy tap in, and I think that was a major turning point in the game. It because, was. Uh, Nigel Rio Coker was at the right place, right time, was able to block that tap in from going in, and uh, you know the rest of the game, the, that's when Rio Coker actually took over uh, going forward as well. Now, this week, we had an article up on AFTN where we were
0: kind of looking at the transfer window, what was needing to maybe be tightened up. And one of the things I mentioned in that article. One of the players that I was kind of having a bit of a go at was Nigel Rio Coker. The feeling I've had, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, is that I, I don't think just now he is playing in a way that merits being made a, a DP next year. But today, we saw a whole different Nigel Rio Coker. He really st- stepped up to the plate, great defensively with that clearance. And then, yeah, basically the last half of the game, was what won it for the Whitecaps, and it was Nigel Rio Coker that was so so central to everything in, in that victory.
1: Yeah, and I think he played a lot freer uh, than he than he has in the past few games. Uh, do you think it had anything to do with Kofi playing the, as the defensive midfielder? He didn't have his because Kofi was all over the place, attacking the ball in the air and everything like that. Uh, really had some battles with Lenhardt. Th- do you think that had a big factor to play in Rio Coker? being able to you know roam forward and be more effective?
0: I think it did. It seemed to take a lot of the pressure off him and it allowed him to get forward a lot more. And he seems to play better when he is playing in those kind of positions. And the thing that I've loved about him all season is he's like a bulldozer. He is so hard to knock off the ball. It's the same with Eric Hurtado. And the thing is, both of them are actually kind of similar in that their final ball usually lets them down or they give the ball away cheaply. But real Coker tonight, that first goal... I don't know if it was three or four earthquakes that he just left in his wake there and he just powered past them and for once he didn't go for the shot himself like cut into the box and go himself beautiful cut along to camillo camillo on the right side of beta perfect finish I, to me it was maybe not the most spectacular goal that we've seen from the white caps this season but it's right up there for me for one of the best goals that we've seen.
1: Well, you were saying that uh, for once that he he passed in the middle. For once, actually, somebody was there making the run yes, with him as well. Th- there's been that as that, well. that has that hasn't happened a lot of times when he's been making uh, anybody making runs. Nobody's really supported that run. Um, a really underrated play on that first goal was uh, YP Lee's play uh, defensive. Yeah, he, uh, he, dispossessed. he dispossessed Kato. Kato basically. You know, he, at first he was beaten by him. Off the ball, but then he worked back and actually got the ball back. And his pass to lead Rio Coker into that run was fantastic. I thought
0: it was one of those goals that, when you break it down, it just said it. I said this in my match report. To me, it was just perfection because you had the the tackle and San Jose losing the ball at the edge of the box. Now, when he played that ball forward to Rio Coker, there was only two Whitecaps up there. You had Nigel, you had Camillo, and you're thinking this is going to be a tough ask. But then. Real Coker made the goal, and then Camillo has finished 14th of the season. Nice little celebration, ball up his jersey, and he revealed afterwards that's because his wife Jessica is two months pregnant. So congratulations! Yeah, want to send huge congratulations to that. If it's a boy born in Canada, future Canadian international. Hopefully, residency player. Oh, yep. Let's let's get him down now. Let's let's start a residency under fives. <laughs> get him in there as soon as <laughs> we can. Under five months. Under five months, (laughs) under five weeks.
1: Uh, Another uh, underrated play uh, uh, on that first goal was uh, Kenny Miller, I thought. Um, He, and I don't know if he did this on purpose, but he was really on to the left side of that field. And it it pulled Betishor over to that side. And that's why Betishor wasn't able to catch up. Betishor was actually not even supposed to be covering Camilo. It was Bernardes. If you watch the replay on there, Bernardes was absolutely spent, I think, coming back and could not keep up with Camilo. It was Benichur who tried to uh, make up for his defensive partner and and try to get in there, but he was too late. And it was just a matter of uh, inches that he was able to miss on that that tackle.
0: Then after the the first goal, Sanese really applied quite a lot of pressure to the Whitecaps. And I think... One of the most impressive things that I've taken out of this game was how well the defence played. They played so tight. And one thing which was interesting, when I had a, a look at the team lineup, I kind of had a little look back at the game at the start of April down in San Jose. And there were seven changes to the starting lineup in San Jose to the starting lineup tonight. And on top of that, Tybert, who started in San Jose, he was playing in a midfield role, whereas tonight he was playing up in the wing. Now in amongst those seven changes, the only steady person, the only person that remains from the back four and the goalkeeper was YP Lee. We've got three other defenders and a new goalkeeper in there. And you would think with so much change, and we saw it last season with all the changes, that the White Capture has suffered. But they held so firm tonight. I just thought that was one of the best defensive displays we've seen in a long time.
1: Well, talking about the changes, I think that this year has been a more of a steady change and a, a change within the organisation instead of bringing too many players from outside. So, uh, the only outside guy was Osted out of those guys. All these other guys were on the team at the beginning of the season. So, I think that's where the you know, They the were on the team, but are, they went regular. No, they weren't regularly playing, but they knew what to... Rennie expects of them and that was probably a major factor from last year where they had people coming in from uh, flying in from overseas
0: now we talked a little bit about Usted before and one of the things which was talked in the locker room after the game was he was asked the question he likes to get the ball look up quickly and kick it out and the question was put to him do you feel that the the players aren't used to that because Knighton and Cannon have been really slow with the distribution and a lot of times tonight he was kicking the ball up and they weren't ready for it and he was like, yep, there's a little bit of that, a little bit of excitement. He just wants to get on with the game. But I love that. And that's what this team needs. When you've got the pace that we have and the wings and up front, we need a goalkeeper that's going to like get the ball up quick. And you saw that with the goal, the first goal, not from Istead, but from Lee getting the ball up quick.
1: Teams cannot cope with our, our pace when we do that. Especially when you have a team like the Earthquake who like to slow down the game. That's where you really want to pick up the pace and, and, and use that in, to your advantage instead of uh, slowing down the game, uh, which would play into their hands.
0: Now, as you might hear in the background, there's some some little cross-pitch action going on at BC Place just now. Uh, something with one of the sponsors, they're, they're having a little bit of kickabout. So there's going to be some noise, some music. Hopefully it doesn't spoil your enjoyment too much. So while we wait for that to maybe die down a little bit... Let's have a listen to what some of the locker room reaction was, and we're going to hear from Martin Rennie, Nigel Rio Coker, David Ousted, here's what they had to say.
2: Yeah, I was really pleased with the overall performance. I think in the first half we kept the ball quite well without creating too many chances, but we were pretty comfortable uh, defensively and then in the second half I think we, uh, we created more opportunities and, and you know we've got a couple of strikers who, who put the ball in the back of the net and I think that's a really key thing both Kenny and Camillo getting goals today and there was a lot of great individual performances from our team um, and you know just really happy with with the performance and and, and ultimately with the win I think um, as you say that's the most goals uh, the white caps have ever scored in a season in MLS and there's still you know a third of the season to go so that shows the progress that we're making as a club um, and also a clean sheet today that I think you know David and the defenders did well to earn. I thought that we did very well dealing with uh, the long balls and the second balls and uh, restricted San Jose quite well there. So it was it was a, an excellent result because obviously it's a, a tight tight division and uh, you know it, it gives us a little cushion at least over San Jose. Just take us that dummy now. <laughs> uh, it was a great goal by Kenny. <laughs> um, no nah, you know I'm just happy a teammate got on that and you know we got the, the goal and we got the result. That's the main thing today was getting the result. Especially the past couple of weeks, you know, the games we've played and how well we've played. And to play a team like San Jose, you know, they're a strong team. You know, they're one of the better teams in the league. They're not make no mistake, that wasn't an easy game. It was a very tough fought game. First half was very first half was very tight. But you know, to come through that and get the result and at home two nil, it's a fantastic result for us first time playing in front of the home fans. It was perfect, a 2-0 win and uh, the fans made it a really good experience, they were loud and they were singing so it was great.
0: What is it that's made the difference this season between the goals coming now and not in the last two years so much?
2: Uh, I think we play more forward this year and we have more like good players can fight us and this make it much easier.
0: How
2: important Camilo is this win not just for the standings but to snap a three-game winless streak? Yes, yes, this is our home. I think this last game we lose to Philadelphia at home, but we know we are strong here and when we play here we have to give everything on the field. So Camilo, you have a share of the league scoring lead again. What does that mean to you? It's very important, but I'm more happy because our team win. We did win for two games, and today we pick up three points. This is very important for us.
0: So some of the signs from the locker room after Vancouver's 2-0 victory over San Jose. Now the last person we heard from there was Camilo, who was talking about the difference in the Whitecaps and the goals that they've got from last year to this year, just a number of them. Interesting stat for you, if you like your stats. The Whitecaps this season have scored more goals with a third of the season to go ...than they have in their two previous MLS seasons. And that the team's just firing on all cylinders just now.
1: Yeah, and it's it's mostly because of the fact that... The, well, the first season, they weren't scoring at all. There were just no. two two guys that were scoring Horrible most of their goals. Season. And it's more balanced scoring now. Uh, they still have their main two scorers, Kenny Miller and Camilo... ...but there's other guys that are contributing as well. And as well, they haven't... Compared to last season, they haven't hit that bump. Like, this win, especially, was very important... Because that broke that three-game uh, winless streak that yeah. they had going. Um, th- if they had lost this one, this could have been like a mirror image of last year when they had started sliding in, in July and August. Oh,
0: totally. It was something I was very aware of and very worried about because once you start losing, and especially with how tight the, the division is just now, it, it, it goes bad so quickly. And we've seen that with Dallas. They've just like fallen out of the playoffs altogether. And you just can't see them finding a way back in now. So you, you're almost writing them off. Colorado, who no one thought would do anything this season, strings some wins together, get a bit of confidence, get on a roll. They were sitting second before the Whitecaps knocked them off today. And that's the thing, it's just so tight just now that if the Whitecaps can get some good wins in the game against Colorado, which we'll talk about later in LA that's coming up, we're going to be up or around the top of the table for a while. We, go on a, we lose both those games, as an example, or we go on a bad run, we could fall out the playoff places. Oh, very
1: much so. And the, But the thing is, the reason why I think they're picking up a lot of these wins this year and not dropping points to, for draws is those insurance goals. And that second goal was huge for them today. Yeah, you were really impressed with that. But the biggest part of that goal, I think, was the switch. Like, oh, everybody's going to be talking about the Rio Coker whiff or what is? it was it a pass. I think he talked about that. After the game uh, Yeah it, But it was a dummy He meant it. Yeah I'm sure But the, it was the switch of play From Camilo to Tiber Tiber killed the ball Right on the spot and, and and Camilo was under pressure too When he made that switch So it was really Impressive there And then Tiber finding Camilo, uh, uh, Sorry Rio Coker In the in the box there Now I think you, What's your opinion If he had made Full contact I, Do you think it would have been a goal I don't think so I don't think so at all And it totally caught
0: San Jose by surprise because no one was expecting him to miss hit it and it left Miller, he was free. He was in acres of room. He had all the time in the world. But even so, you still have to have that experienced head on you to finish it. And we've seen it from so many of our strikers in the last three years. They just don't finish those chances. They take that extra touch. Yeah, they don't kill the game off and then they get punished for it. Yeah. And after that second goal... It, the Whitecaps were so comfortable. You can't say they were comfortable up to then because San Jose were pushing and they had a few scrambles in the box. And the defence, although they were holding firm, they could have—I think—they would have probably bent and broken at some point. But I think, as you said, that that has been huge this season. Getting that killer second goal, just killing the game off. And then even if they let one in, which they didn't tonight, which was great. They've got that insurance goal, and that's what's really giving them confidence that they can go off and kill games off and we've had a couple of games where they were letting late goals in and we thought oh no it's going through all this again but they seem to have come full circle and another thing was we've seen another second half performance where they've just come out like not a different team because they played well in the first half but they really turn up the pace it's like there's gears and when they come out for that second half, they just move up a couple of gears.
1: Yeah, and it was... Uh, we'll, we'll, we can even move into the last week's game because we never really talked about that one. Yeah, we never had a show last week. So, um, yeah, Portland. Yeah, they came out after allowing that early goal and they really came out and tried to get that, that tying goal. And that to get a goal off, uh, off a header was huge after so many uh, failed attempts. I think Post America had actually an article up. I don't know if you saw it. They said it was 277... Failed corners before they got that one, so it was huge. Wow! It? How do you even get those stats? That's I don't know. Just crazy. <laughs> well, they, well, we well, know get, that the uh, last yeah. we know the last corner was demerit from yeah. last year, so you just add up all the
0: corners from the year. Like, I, I love my stats, even though the site's called away from the numbers. I love the numbers, and I, I just love when guys spend time and, and work out stats like that. I mean, that's fantastic. But yeah, the Portland game. I mean, it's
1: it's hard to say great things about it because the overall game was a stinker Oh, but it was a gutsy performance and it, they got yeah. that point that they needed that, and that's four points against Western Conference opponents in two games which the, is huge they
0: were never really in trouble Yeah, that was the thing even though they let the goal in which I'd, I mean Portland didn't deserve the goal but it, it was, was most just sl- a breakdown it, it was sloppy marking I mean, where were the central defence why was Lee left back there for Johnson to rise and, and head home stuff like that I I worried when they got that That we didn't have a goal on us But they showed great guts Great determination to fight back And it was a great Corkscrew header from from Harvey And I know it was only a draw But to me that was a huge draw Yes it was against local rivals And maybe you shouldn't celebrate a draw Like it was a victory But that really was like a victory Well with so many missing players Yeah the depleted team The reserve game on Sunday Had a stronger midfield out there than the game on Saturday in, in MLS. And the midfield on Saturday, they, they were good. I mean, I've been really critical of Kobayashi, but he's played now two weeks in a row, still not doing exactly what I want him to do, still don't think he's value for money, but he's improving. Yeah, And I don't know whether he's maybe eff- finding his feet. but The
1: effort is there for sure from him, well, at least e- now.
0: Effort's there still don't think it's what we need i'd still like to get rid of him no one's going to take him he's going to be here till the end of the season at least but you really can't see in that salary that he's he's going to get that extended
1: well they need to make some room for other other positions yeah. and other players so it's gonna be hard unless he really picks it up in the final bit it's hard gonna be hard to bring him back but that that's a story for another day
0: yeah and i, I want him to do well it's like i don't want him to fail and it's the same mematics. i know i've gone on about trading him but yeah, I want him to succeed as well. And it's just frustrating that the guys aren't. And you've got Mattox and he's injured just now. It's going to be even harder, I think, now for him to try and get back in the team. Yeah. Because when Manny's come on, he's done well. And Tommy Heineman, I just last thing I kind of want to talk about, round right, about this kind of topic, is Tommy Heineman. Came on late today to, to let Kenny Miller get off. And he got a few minutes. He looked good, he was hard to push off the ball. Banging the goals in in the reserve league, another two goals against Portland on Sunday. How do we get this guy minutes?
1: I think I think at this point you, it's going to be impossible to get a minutes, especially the way they're going right now. But I think coming off the bench, if he can like maybe give him more opportunity, yeah, he some, needs more bring than somebody six, else. seven minutes. Yeah, and 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 who knows with Kenny Miller now going off to Scotland for the, I mean sort of going off to England for that Scotland game against England. There could be an opportunity for him next week Depending on how many minutes Kenny Miller plays
0: Yeah, now we'd hoped to catch up with Kenny after the game I was had all my questions ready I to ask him about the big Scotland-England battle But unfortunately he had to rush to the airport They've got some quotes from him, Which will be up on AFTN Nathan spoke to him, got some quotes from that Not sure if that was maybe why he was taking off early So he could just get to the airport a little bit earlier But it's a huge game next week kenny's going over it means so much to him i spoke to him about it before i would have put some of those quotes in but i managed to delete the whole audio without using it fantastic job. and the damien bat audio but thankfully i don't need that anymore because he's gone (laughs) but yeah kenny going over to play for for england for oh dear going over to play for scotland against england huge game like i just wanted to spend a couple of minutes talking about it because scotland have not played england for so long the last time they played, Scotland beat them. It was the last competitive game at Wembley and it was a brilliant headed goal. Didn't mean anything because it was in the playoffs and Scotland won 1-0, they lost 2-1 in aggregate. This mean this match means so much to the Scottish players. I know people are going to say, why is Kenny Miller going over in the middle of a, an, an important season to go and play in a friendly? If it was any other team that Scotland were playing against, apart from England, I don't think he would go over. No, I totally
1: agree with you. And I think this has probably got more meaning to the player than the All-Star game had for Camilo when yeah. he was playing. So I have no problem with it either, personally.
0: Because I I think from when I talked to him before that he's never played against England before. And this is probably the only time that he's going to get to do it. So we wish him well.
1: The question is, are they going to have blue paint on their faces when they
0: go? Yeah, we're we're going to like do great. We're going to be totally brave hearts. <laughs> I mean, Highlanders did well in the PDL. Highlanders are going to do well at Wembley. I actually asked Martin Rennie about Kenny going over and about the game and also a quick chat with our English guy in the team, Nigel Coker, to, to see what they thought of the game, if there's any little banter or wages going. So here's a, a quick couple of sound bites from those two. Uh, Kenny was back today. Is the plan still for him to go over to play for Scotland midweek?
2: Yeah, hopefully he'll get a hat-trick in midweek beat England um, but you know we'll wait and see how that goes but yeah he, he played today and he's, he's leaving now for, for Wembley
0: Have you discussed with Gordon Strachan about minutes or anything? No Any concerns
2: about Saturday with Kenny? Not yet no <laughs> Happy about today right now
0: Scotland England on Wednesday any little friendly wagers with
2: Kenny? <laughs> no wagers no comment <laughs>
0: So you can all look forward to watching Scotland England August 14th See how Kenny Miller does. One of the things I didn't catch on audio there was afterwards I was chatting to Nigel Real Coker and he actually fancies that Scotland's going to pull the upset. So we'll see if that's true. Now, the one thing we all don't know is how many minutes is Kenny Miller going to play and is it going to affect him for playing against Colorado on Saturday? Will he even be there?
1: Well, and it'll be a huge game, so hopefully he is available for, uh, you know, at least if not for a full 90 for at least part, part of the game, because uh, Colorado, right now we've overtaken them in second place, but they do have that game on Sunday against Chivas, which we will know what the yeah. result is by the time the podcast comes out. Go Chivas. So it could be either second or third place, but then you got, I think LA's playing tomorrow too. Yeah, they're so playing FC Dallas. So right now we're in second place, but that could change by the end of the weekend easily. Now, Colorado...
0: Have certainly surprised me. I just did not think with the team that they had, it was meant to be, or everyone thought it was meant to be, just a, a rebuilding year for them, and they weren't maybe going to be challenging. But they've done really, really well. And this is the first meeting between Vancouver and Colorado. And I, I think these games, the three games we've got to come against Colorado, could be the most crucial ones of the season, because we finished the season with an away and a home against Colorado. So, if we can get anything from being down there in the mountains and all the snow and what's the word I'm looking for? Altitude, that's the word I'm looking for. If we can get anything in the altitude down there, then it's going to be great. And the thing was, last year, the thing that I really think tipped Vancouver into the playoffs was the huge win we got down there at the start of July, Independence Day, came away with the three points before we went on the bad run. And... We've already won there. There's no fear. How do you see this playing out?
1: Well, it's a, it's a, Colorado's a, a really different team from last year. They really went. Uh, they they're using a lot of balanced scoring this year. They usually relied on guys like Connor Casey and Omar Cummings, and those guys are yeah, gone. Yeah, I thought I really thought they would miss them. Now the
0: two guys that's really impressed me. One of them is Dylan Powers. He's a rookie. Got drafted this year. He's been in my fantasy team actually From really early on in the season Because he's so cheap And he's been earning me lots of points I'm not sure off the top of my head How many goals he's got But I think you've got the stats He's got four
1: goals and five assists His,
0: His assists have been huge And he's a guy He's really speedy And they really really need to take care of him
1: yeah, he's he's an attacking mid. He could have been a generation Adidas player if he came out in his uh, underclassman years, but he stayed a full 4 years in Notre Dame. So, that, because he stayed a full 4 year senior, he just signed a regular contract, but he was touted as a really good player. He was coming out as a holding guy, but they've obviously using him as an attacking guy, so it's interesting there. Another one of their rookies that who's actually leading them in scoring is Deshaun Brown. Uh, he's a generation yep, of DS I actually guy. had him
0: in my, my team at the start of the season as well because, again, he was cheap and he was getting some goals. But he's done well, and he seems to have really benefited from playing with the experience of Atiba Harris. Yeah, and who's and, also
1: done really well yeah, this
0: year. Yeah, he's the other player that I was kind of mentioning just back there. He has impressed the hell out of me, and I did not rate him here at all. I knew he got into positions, no doubt in that. He just missed so many chances, I felt, but he's he's gone to to Colorado, basically turning it on. Five goals and an assist so far, and he's doing really really well.
1: Yeah, he definitely, and he scored timely goals for them and everything. So he's he's playing uh, the role that the Whitecaps were hoping they would play before he got all, uh, went through all those injuries. So yeah, and ho- um,
0: hopefully we see the the Atiba Harris that we saw last season up here. Who Pierce
1: says can hit the side of a barn. And, or yeah,
0: can hit a barn door from yeah. four feet. Yeah. That'll obviously come back to haunt us. Some Colorado podcast, will play that after he scores the winning goal or something. Now, the team for next week, would you make... Now, assuming Kenny's okay to go, would you make any changes? You, you've got to look that Andy O'Brien is maybe going to come back next week. After the game tonight, though, Martin Rennie was saying that he felt Carlisle Mitchell has done well and he deserved to stay in the lineup. and he actually thought he was one of the better defenders tonight. I think
1: so too, again. But I think, again, the same thing as last week. The only issue I have with Carlisle seems like I don't know how he gets the ball last uh, when they're breaking out and he, his passes forward are not accurate. I would rather see Leveron come out and and handle the ball more. But uh, other than that, he's been playing fantastic. He, he, he really dominated, I thought, Lenhardt in the air. Uh, it was Lenhardt and Kofi that really, you know, Kept, it, kept him at bay. The only issue I have with O'Brien starting next week would be the fact of the altitude. Yeah. And if he's not match fit, to put him in that kind of position. with, And it, it gets pretty hot in the summertime in Colorado, so uh, heat and altitude would not be a good fit for O'Brien, probably uh, starting in his first game after a long time. I've
0: heard some murmurs that the Whitecaps are desperately trying to, to line up a, a reserve friendly against a university side to try and get Jay De Merritt and Andy O'Brien some some game time. Because that, that, Jay De Merritt was basically saying he's, he's close to being ready to go. He just needs to work on his sharpness when people are running at him and he hasn't got that. Although to be fair, he never really had that to start with. I don't think he's better in the air than people running at him on the deck.
1: That's for sure. And I think if they can get that friendly going against, uh, like they said, NCA team, but they say American. Well, I'd, I'd heard because it could it possibly, be SFU.
0: Yep, it could possibly be an American team, but
1: oh. then it could be University of Washington. They played them last year as well, so that go- that is hopefully a chance for them to uh, beat them. Uh, like unless, unlike last year when they drew them in the, in that friendly which was really disappointing game
0: yep, so we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that, I don't think I'll probably be able to make that if it's during the week um, and during the day, but we'll, we'll see we'll have someone there, we'll get some reports up on AFTN about it now, the Colorado game, would you be happy with a draw from that? or do you think those are the kind of games who, I don't want to say the weaker ones in the west because they're doing so well I, they are, in my mind still one of the weaker teams do you think this is the kind of games with it being so tight
1: that the Whitecaps have to take three points from? It's a vital one, I think, especially with the, they're having two games in Colorado and the one game in in BC Place against them this year. Yeah, home the, closer, the yeah. very last game of the season. So this will be vital for them to at least get the first... Because if they can uh, get six points out of the nine against them, that would be better. And they, while they are, have been playing well, a lot of their... Play has been based on a little bit of luck, um, which every team needs, obviously. And obviously their goalkeeper, who has played really well and came out of nowhere to be a starter there as well. So let's just end the show. Let's get a quick prediction for you. How do you think it's going to go?
0: I'm thinking a draw. I'm thinking 1-1, or maybe even a 2-1 catch victory. I'm in such a positive mood. Told you I'm going to party like it's 1974. I think I was probably 5-6 in 1974, So, obviously, I used to party a lot with ice cream and jelly. Excellent. You can kind of tell that now. So, that's it for another show, episode 17 in the can. Thanks for listening, as always. Steve, tell people where they can find you online.
1: Um, You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. um, And also, I write for Post America and AFTN. And also, visit our AFTN Facebook page if you ever need updates.
0: And if you want to find me online, you can usually find me googling pictures of Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory. But if you want to kind of see stuff that we've written, you can get AFTN on AFTN.ca. Follow me on Twitter at AFTNCanada. Canada. And if you want to chat about the show, any suggestions, anything you'd like to see, we do plan to bring back some of our features that we had earlier in the podcasts, like our our bucket lists and our other things that we kind of do and then forget about. If there's anything else you want to see, drop us an email at AFTNCanada at aftncanada.hotmail.com We're also planning to have some more roundtables coming up soon with some very special guests and some familiar faces, Well, you won't see them, but some familiar faces and voices that you'll know from just Whitecaps-related stuff. So stay tuned for that. We'll have those coming up soon. Hopefully we'll get another podcast up before the LA game. If not, we'll have an LA post-game podcast. But it's another three points in the bag. The white caps are doing well. Up to second, everything's going peachy.